Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 20th of December, 2023, and we are back with another one of our Faithful Dialogues. My name is Austin, and you can catch me here on Faithful Dialogues, as well as my smaller channel that I'm working on, uh, MHTY Official, and I'm here with my buddy Ryan. Hey, everybody. My name is Ryan. You can find me over at AIIW.org or as it is written on YouTube. Uh, that's, that channel's been popping off recently, and thanks to all you watching. Uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, get on into it today. Uh, welcome to the stream. All right. So, good morning, everybody, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and X. If you're watching on any one of our other streaming platforms like Spotify or any of one of the podcast things, we appreciate you listening there and all the downloads that we've been getting there. And we also want to invite you to come and watch us live in the webcam um, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and X. We have a text line. <clears throat> so if you'd like to come and chime in on the discussion or if you have any disagreements or if you have any prayer requests, you can text us at 833 262 six four three one if you have any disagreements or anything like that and once again that is going to be eight three three two six two six four three one all right and so we are going to go ahead and get into the gospel message and we will roll with the rest of our podcast so i just want to let everybody know that uh god is real and he loves you and he proved his love for you by coming into his creation and dying on the cross for our sins. I'm sure you've heard of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. And basically that kind of just meant, like I was saying, the creator of our, our whole reality uh, knew that we were incapable of following his law. And so he came and lived the perfect life and laid his perfect life down willingly um, as a sacrifice for all of our sins, for the sins of the world. It says in John 3, 16, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so that means if you go and read the the gospels or listen to this message that uh, God is real, he loves you, uh, Jesus Christ came, he is the, the Messiah, he's the chosen one, he's the Christ, and um he came to fulfill the law and lay his life down as a as a substitutionary atonement, as in he paid for our sins so we wouldn't have to pay for our sins. The only requirement there is that you believe in him. Amen. So if you believe Yeah. So if you believe in him and you put your faith in, in Jesus and you trust in him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, then you will be counted righteous and you will be granted entrance into the his eternal kingdom, which is heaven. And so we encourage everybody uh, listening that you might consider the the message. You might look it up for yourself. Uh, go and read the Gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're all testimonies of Jesus's life and ministry here on earth. And again, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be saved and you will be counted righteous and you will go to heaven. And then righteous, uh, sorry, then Ryan also <laughs> has a, a, a message for us as well. Yeah, and so this, this podcast is for both uh, unbelievers and believers, and so this little section is for anybody that is a believer in Jesus and has already put their faith in him. You have been uh, granted the, the role of priest by God 
the creator of the universe. And that carries a lot of weight to it. That is a very special role that we have. Uh, we have access to God in a completely different way than the Jews had back in the Old Testament. And what it means is that we also have a lot of responsibilities. And, and the number one of those is to go out into our community and to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection and the atonement that he has for our sins. And, you know, that's what we're supposed to do as his priests, uh, according to Revelation 1.6. Uh, that's what we've been made. And so, yeah, we just need to go out into our community and make sure we spread the gospel and, and, and be there for people who are in need. And, and, and uh, you know, everybody needs a savior. So, yeah, that's what we're supposed to go do is spread that good news. Yeah. All right. And so we are all patiently awaiting the return of our Savior. He came once to die for us, and then he is coming back to judge the world. And um, he's going to be judging everybody who is not um, a follower or believer in God or in him. And so <clears throat> there's a little term that we have been calling the full or that is called the fullness of the Gentiles. And so what we are doing is we are, again, patiently awaiting Jesus to come back and to uh essentially take us up and rapture us before the tribulation starts and so we are, we believe in the 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 pre-tribulation rapture and so we're going to be hopefully covering that in the next episode and um ryan can you explain to us a little bit what the fullness of the gentiles is yeah so uh that that's a pretty weird sounding phrase to us uh today in 2023 but a gentile is just anybody who is not a jew or a direct descendant of abraham through uh isaac and so, uh, yeah, we are called uh, to go out and to preach the gospel. And at some point, there will be a complete number of Gentiles that have come into the church. And then I believe, and, and I believe Austin believes as well, that after that point, uh, at any moment, the rapture can happen. And uh, Jesus is going to come back and take his people to go be with him. And then the world's going to go uh, completely crazy. And Armageddon and every, you know, every crazy thing you've ever heard of is potentially going to happen. And so, um, sorry, every crazy thing you ever heard of with the end times is potentially going to happen. And so, you know, we, uh, we are waiting and, and we are part of the process of finding that fullness of going out and finding uh, people to, uh, become b uh, followers and believers in Jesus Christ. And it's a, it's a very wonderful responsibility that we have. And, you know, uh, hopefully the, the last person, to believe, you know, is listening to this podcast right now. That would be incredible. That's that's what every Christian's waiting for. But if not, we'll just keep plodding along and doing what God has called us to do. Absolutely. And so we want to be reading his word and abiding in his word and, and obeying him. So when he comes back, we are not caught off guard and we are doing the will of the father so that we're not ashamed when he comes back um, his second time. Mm hmm. Amen. All right, and so we have, we're going to be doing a little segment uh, going forward, and it's just going to be common questions of the Christian faith and just different things that um, both Christians and uh, non-believers or secular people um, also kind of ask. And so we're going to be starting that off today. Um, all right, Ryan, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to your wife. She gathered these uh, questions for us, and she's also just been killing it with the shorts. So just uh, we're very thankful for her and, and all the hard work she's been doing. So just wanted to give her a little shout out there and I'm ready to go when you are. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And she definitely does, too. She's been working really hard every day, putting out some some cool content and uh, 
there's been videos that have been doing well even after the fact after they've been posted for a couple of days so that's been interesting yeah <laughs> And and of course it's God that's that's doing all the work, but uh, he uses us to to accomplish that work and and the special touches that she puts on those videos with with all those great graphics and and everything else really make a difference. So it's a huge blessing. Absolutely, all glory be to God. He oh, we we wouldn't achieve anything if he wasn't behind it. So I definitely agree with you there. All right, so we are going to start off with um, we'll just go in order. So. A lot of people in like the music industry or people that ask for a lot of fame will say something like, I sold my soul to the devil. So the first question, Ryan, is going to be, can you sell your soul? So the the basis of that question implies that you have a right to your own soul, like you own it yourself. Um, and to my understanding and, and the research that I did, uh, there isn't a place in the Bible where anyone actually sells their soul to anyone, even the devil. And so biblically, I don't see it as a, a thing that is possible because, like I was saying earlier, we don't own our own souls. We, we don't have the right to dictate what we do with ourselves. And ultimately, we're going to end up in one of two places depending on how we react to what Jesus has done for us. And he's the one that ultimately does own and control our destiny and our fate. And so... Uh, at the end of time, even the devil is going to get thrown into what's called the lake of fire. A lot of people think of that as hell. Um, and so when he gets thrown in there, he's not the king of hell. Satan is not reigning over anything once he's been banished to the lake of fire. And that's a very common misconception. And so he won't own anything there. And so ultimately, you cannot sell your soul to the devil. He can't own it. He can't do anything with it except... Yeah, he can't really do anything with it, to my understanding. And if anybody has a Bible verse that would contradict that, I, would, I very much welcome uh, getting that sent into us and, and seeing that and taking a look at it. But that's uh, that's my understanding. Do you have anything you wanted to, to add to that? Um, uh, so really quick, if you do have a Bible verse or a disagreement or anything, once again, that text line is 833-262-6431. But I was just going to basically say uh, two things. Um, the... God basically created everything and gave everything to everybody. So uh, whether you're a believer or not, everything that you've received, whether it's been a, a, a job or a promotion or a car or basically anything, God has given that all to us. So A, we should be good stewards of the things that he's given us, but ultimately everything is on loan uh, from God. It's all mm -hmm. his. He, he made everything. And so... He, he he gave it to us and he can also take it away. And so uh, basically that kind of translates over to your your body and your soul. Your body was given to you by God. Your soul was given to you by God. And he's in control and he has ownership of all of it. And so that's that's basically what I would say there. And then to touch on the thing that you were saying earlier uh, about uh, the devil's not going to be like the king of hell. Um, I can't remember exactly where it talks about it. Um, I don't know the address, but I, but basically uh, it says that in his word that the kings of the earth are going to look on him and basically scoff or something and say, is this the one that brought down the nations of the earth that confused all the nations? And I'm, I might be getting that, like paraphrasing that kind of horribly, but essentially all the people that end up in hell with him are going to be like, this is him. This is the devil. 
and they're going to be like, wow, really? <laughs> so have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, let me see here. N no, not quite. Um, no, not specifically. Sorry. I was trying to look up a, a verse for you, but yeah. <laughs> let me see really quick. Kings of Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have a reference here. Maybe, uh, uh, I think my wife might be on it. I think she's looking for it, something right now. But <laughs> okay, cool. basically, when we were when we were reading and uh, we were uh, looking at stuff, that was one of the things that uh, she was saying, like, um, when everybody gets thrown down together, um, the like the kings and the rulers of the earth are going to look at the devil and be like, this is the one that brought down the nations that confused um, the whole earth and stuff like that. And so... They're basically it, that. That's the the vibe that I got. It was they're just gonna be like, "Wow, really? This is this is Satan. This is the devil." And so, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to. Uh, she's she's looking for that verse. So okay, cool. I'll, we'll well, come and, back to that. Well, and it uh, it kind of rolls into what we're gonna be talking about next with the next question. Uh, so uh, we're gonna move on to that. Uh, do you, did you want to read that or? Yeah. So the next question we're gonna have is. Can the devil be saved? And this kind of ties into uh, angels and fallen and like demons too. That any like any of the fallen angels or the devil himself can can they be saved? That's, that's a really good question. And the the simple answer is no. So the the devils and you know, any any creature that exists in heaven uh, is an eternal being. And so when they make when they made that choice, that was an eternal choice. And so when when the devil and the two third or was it one third and one one third one third yeah when the devil and one third of the angels got cast out of heaven that was uh, something that happened in in a space that doesn't have time and so that's a very hard concept for humans to understand because we've only ever experienced time um, but basically the devil made a a singular choice and that is what he's going to have to live with for eternity and so. Like I, like I was talking about the lake of fire earlier, uh, he's going to get cast into that lake of fire at some point in the future. Right now, he's on the earth. He's roaming about like a lion seeking whom he may destroy. Um, so we need to be you know, careful of the influences and the things that, that are around us, and, and we need to be wary of you know, him affecting us. Uh, Christians shouldn't be scared of him, but we should just be careful of what we get into because he is you know, around trying to to make us stumble but uh ultimately i don't believe the devil can be saved uh because he made a an eternal choice okay i i've always heard that there was no plan of salvation for uh, the devil or the demons or any of the fallen angels and stuff like that so yeah um, uh, sorry sorry that's a that's the other side of the same coin would be uh when jesus came back he didn't die for any anyone other than a human being so if there were to be, if we were to create a hybrid creature that has the intelligence of a human, but in the, like the body of a pig, which may sound like sci-fi, but we're really close to being able to do, I don't believe that Jesus died for that creature. That that's an abomination. It's it's gross and disgusting and shouldn't exist. But Jesus came back and he died for human beings. He lived as a human being, and he died as a human being for other human beings not for any other creatures, not, you know, not at any. So in, in the Bible, it talks about like, uh, in a certain sense, kind of like human hybrids, 
uh, kind of in G- uh, Genesis six, I believe, um, when it talks about the uh, the Nephilim and the 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 men of old, the men of renown. Uh, so I believe we're getting back to that spot where through genetics and genetic engineering, we're going to start seeing weird hyper-intelligent creatures. Uh, we have AI right now that's almost getting up to and, and pretty close to human intelligence and being able to do th- do all of the same uh, mental tasks that a human can do. So I don't believe that an AI can be saved. I don't believe that a genetically engineered animal thing can be saved either. And ultimately... Uh, an angel or a, a devil can't be saved in the same way that we are either. Okay. Um, I, so she found that Bible verse, but oh, perfect. Let's we'll, we'll go ahead and finish what we were talking about really quick. So the way I kind of think about it too is um, there, they are or were in heaven in the presence of God in a place where they weren't affected by sin. And so we, we're like, we're like sinful creatures that can't really help ourselves and we need God's forgiveness to get us all the way to the finish line. Right. But when we get, when we die or when Jesus comes back and we get glorified, we're going to be in a state where sin is removed from us and we're not going to like be subject to our, our, our sinful nature. We're going to be able to make the choices that we want to, that, that God wants us to make without any kind of temptation or anything like that. And so the the way that I was thinking about the whole can uh, devils and demons be saved is um, our finish line is sin removed and we're we're in the presence of God and they were already there mm-hmm. and then they chose to rebel at that point so that's kind of like um, that'd be like if you put your faith in Jesus you got all the way to heaven and then you're like you know what I'm actually going to rebel do you know what I mean and so that's kind of that's kind of how I would see that is they they were in a place where they made the actual choice, like, I'm going to rebel against God, whereas we, we did that on accident. <laughs> so. um, uh, that's the only part I'd change a little bit. We we don't sin on accident. We we sin on purpose. Uh, we don't necessarily, we haven't necessarily seen God, but God has clearly revealed himself to us, and we still rebel against him. But you're absolutely right that they, the angels were in heaven and they they know who God is. Even when we see the the demons in the Bible, they they knew who Jesus was, uh, even when he was on the earth. And so I think you're totally right about all of that. Uh, that they knew they have a hundred percent of the revelation of who God is, who Jesus is, what Jesus did for us, and everything else. And they they made the the choice to reject him with all of that information. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and. Um... Yeah, something just left my mind. But let me. <laughs> we'll let me go, go back, back and we'll uh, we'll read that that verse that you were thinking of. That's that's great that we were able to find that. So this is going to be in the NLT, and I'm reading from my physical Bible here. Um, it's going to be Isaiah 14, starting in the verse nine, and then it's going to kind of go all the way down to 17. So I'll just read it really quick. Um, in the place of the dead, there is excitement over your arrival. The spirits of world leaders and mighty kings long dead stand up to see you. With one cry, they all, with one voice, they all cry out. Now you are as weak as we are. Your might and power were buried with you. The sound of the harp in your palace has ceased. Now maggots are your sheet and worms are your blanket. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. How you have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away from in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens 
and be like the Most High. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, Can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on its prisoners? And so basically uh that's what i was saying like the mm-hmm. the kings of the earth are gonna be like really this guy <laughs> yep yeah so that oh. was in isaiah that's perfect uh i had something to say and that just totally escaped me again <laughs> oh well all right that that was a great uh th- those were great answers to uh to those questions thank you yeah yeah um I also had something else to say, but it's it's leaving me. Oh, oh, okay. I wanted to mention something. So if, if you look at and, and you, you read it carefully, that passage, uh, what is Satan trying to do? What What is his goal? Okay, because a, a lot of people think he's trying to be above God, right? But, but the reality is that uh, what we see in that passage is Satan's goal is he knows he can't be above God. He wants to be equal to God and equal to God's power which I think is very interesting because he knows that God's the ultimate. He knows that there isn't anything that's even potentially higher than him. Yeah, that's, that, that is true. Um, one, one thing that I was also going to say is uh, people kind of think that, um, so the devil was in pursuit. Uh, actually, the way people will put it is so he he got thrown into hell or cast down to earth for wanting to do something other than what god wanted and what i the way i've looked at it is god is kind of like everything that is for his glory and about him and for him it's all it's it's interesting how if we do things for him for his glory that he says to do and all that kind of stuff some people will say like oh god just wants you to do what he wants you to do or he wants him to, to uh, can't talk god just wants you to do what he wants you to do and you don't have a choice and you can't do anything outside of that well what's interesting about that is the only thing outside of god is sin and death and destruction and I, and what i mean by that is like all of the things in the bible and i've mentioned this before everything is instruction because he's created you in such a way to give you life and outside of his instruction is just death. So like when he says not to do X, Y, and Z, you can do it, but you're going to, you're going to reap what you sow and what you reap is not going to be good. And it's kind of just like an analogy for when you sin, everything that I've done outside of God's will has came back and bit me really, really hard. And I'm still kind of reaping the, the, the consequences of that to this day. And so there's, there's things, there's problems that I've caused, there's pain that I've caused that I'm still trying to like, like fix and work and work back trust and, and different things. And so it's interesting how the character of God is embodies everything that is good. And if we do what he says, it's not like, it's not like a, I don't even know the word for it, but it's not like he just wants you to do what he wants you to do because that's what will make him feel good. It's ultimately for your protection and for mm-hmm. your good. So it, uh, the whole free will thing, like, oh, we don't have free will. We can't do anything outside of God's will. Well, if you you can, you can exercise that free will, but it's all going to be bad. And, and in my experience, it all has been. And so one thing that I, I just thought was like really 
I don't know if you'd say intelligent or just well-designed, but everything in the character of God and what he says to do in his whole person and doing things for his glory, it ends up benefiting you. And mm-hmm. it's, it almost seems like, um, if I, man, I, I lost the way to put it, but it almost seems like if you, if you do everything for him, that you're going to be blessed and everything you don't do for him, you're going to, you're just going to reap some problems. And so him being the embodiment of that, I just thought was like super intelligent, like how he like structured his whole reality. Like, um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to, you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I I do. And you know, the, the way that God's described is he's kind of described as a potter and, and we're, we're his clay. And, you know, he forms us into a, a, you know, whatever it is that he forms us into to do some specific task, right? So uh, a, a clay jar, you know, could hold water, right? And so you pour water in it, and then whoever needs it can come get water from it, and that jar is doing its job. It's it's being successful. It's not cracked. It's sitting on the table and being taken well care of, right? W- but we as the jar, we, we're like, nah, I don't want to hold water anymore. I'm going to throw myself off the table, right? <laughs> and we get all yeah. cracked and broken and, and destroyed, and and through the grace of God, through him sending his son down, you know, we can be repaired and, and you know, kind of be put back up on that table and, and still do the job that we were created to do. And and I think that's ultimately what, you know, that that's the difference between living outside of God's will when you when you just get cracked and shattered into pieces. And then, you know, once you finally, you know, come back to God, he he puts you back together and well, you're still going to suffer some consequences from, you know, that crack over there or whatever. You you can start to to live a better life that's for him, that's that's doing the right things. And and you'll really start to flourish, not in a human perspective, but in a godly perspective. Uh, you know, following God isn't always going to lead to worldly riches, though that has happened in the past. There were some very wealthy men in the Bible like Job and King David and King Solomon and you know, all those people were very wealthy, so you can be wealthy and a Christian, but, you know, for the most part, people aren't going to get riches from what they do, but what we will be given is is an inheritance in heaven and a treasure in heaven that we get to share in, and that's ultimately what, what we need to be working for and, and towards. Absolutely. All right. Did you have anything else before we move on to the next question? No, let's move on to the next one. Uh, I think we're on number four, right? Yes, number four. Do I need to be a good person to be saved? So a lot of people will say, uh, um, like Christians in the church, the, uh, the, the like those are like the good people. I'm not one of those people. I don't think I can go to the church. I don't think I can uh, be saved or anything like that because I've done all these wicked things where I, I, I know I've done something that I um, that's unforgivable. So, yeah, do I need to be a good person to be saved? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And Ultimately, there is no good person that is saved. Uh, if you were a good person, you wouldn't need to be saved. And so what you need to do is, as the broken person that you are, you need to understand that you are broken, understand that you're sinful and, and wicked and evil, and you've done all these wrong things, and that the uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross and, and through his death, his resurrection, and his ascension we can have assurance that despite all those wicked and evil things that we did, we can have eternal salvation. And so ultimately, no good person has ever been saved. Jesus didn't need to be saved. Uh, he came and he saved us. And he's the only good person to ever live. Yeah, that that's pretty much uh, that, that's a good way of putting it. That's how I would put it. And just to kind of uh, e- extend the gospel one more time. 
um, everything that you've ever done, every wrong thing you've ever done, uh, anything you might deem that like I'm unforgivable or this thing that I did was unforgivable. It, that's not true. That's a lie from the, the enemy, the devil, Satan, and everything you've ever done can be forgiven by God. You can get right with God if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That is like the only requirement to be forgiven um, by God. And you can get right with God today. You can be saved today if you just put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so um, what uh, what would that look like, uh, Ryan, uh, putting your faith in Jesus Christ? If, if this is the first time you've ever heard that, you're, compl- you're like, I want to get right with God. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the Christian faith. I don't know anything about the Bible, but I, uh, getting right with God sounds good to me. I want to do that. How do I put my faith in Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting question and, and one that a lot of people have a lot of difficulty answering. So I'm going to do my best. But uh, <laughs> ultimately, no, 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 it's 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 the right question. But ultimately, what it looks like to have faith in God is to stop having faith in your own personal capabilities, in, in your own righteousness, understand that you're completely broken and and in desperate need of, of a savior. And then, you know, you, you look to Jesus and, and what he did on the cross and you you trust that that is going to be what saves you. You you, you pray to God, you cry out to him and you, and you ask him for forgiveness. And then um, what happens immediately is a, is a process called justification. So immediately when you do that, you're immediately justified before God. If you were to die that instant, you're going to be in heaven with him. Um, but then what also happens in that moment is a process called sanctification. And so the the one-time act of justification saves you and and seals you and and that means that you're going to go into heaven and be with Jesus Christ but now that you've been saved now that you've been justified uh God is going to work in your life he's going to remake you as a human being and and lead you toward the things that he wants you to do so you're not immediately necessarily going to be completely transformed into a sinless person but over time you're going to sin less and less and you're going to be given the ability to repair a lot of the damage that you've done or at least get through some of the damage that you've done if that makes sense uh and then ultimately uh the third part of salvation is called glorification and that's when we die and that's when we actually go and be with jesus in heaven and so uh, a lot of people think that you know you when you get saved you have to immediately become this sinless like perfect person and that's just not the way that it works you're going to give up a lot of the sin in your life, especially the most blatant sin, you know, the, the sexual sins, the, you know, the alcohol, you know, the alcohol, uh, like abusing alcohol type sins and, and the things that, that are really blatant in your life, they're going to go away uh, quickly, but then you're going to spend the rest of your life working through all those little things that, that you mess up on on a daily basis, the the little lies that you tell and, and all those things are going to start to fall away and go away as you put your faith in Jesus. Yeah, he ultimately will change your heart and make you uncomfortable with your sin. You're going to try your best to put down your own sin on your own accord. But what ends up happening too is he just kind of changes your heart and changes your mind. And you'll you'll just get to this point where you're like, wow, Jesus loved me so much that he was willing to die for me and he's saving me um, through faith in him. And then you'll just feel weird about doing those sins again. Mm-hmm. And so what also helps to uh, to identify those sins is to actually read the Bible and um, to find out in his word what he says to do and not do. So that way your your soul and your conscience um, 
will be convicted that wow this is wrong like god is saying right here not to do this and i and i love him and he saved me and he loves me so i'm just um when when you end up finding yourself doing that you're you're just going to find yourself very uncomfortable to the point where you get you get you get to a point where you're just like i don't want to do that anymore like and you'll you'll put that you'll put that down but yep. yeah i would agree with ryan like when you when you come to jesus and you're like you know um like god i want to get right with you i i believe in your son jesus christ i need him to be my savior like please forgive me and you're and you're justified it's not like in that day you're not you're like all your sin will fall off you there's a lot of people that like like say that's what happened like the moment they put their faith in jesus they never did those sins anymore and the, for me that wasn't that wasn't the case um like i i still struggled with uh, x y and z and when i would do that it would just be, be put on my heart man like like i i don't i don't know if it was i don't think god is like browbeating me but god definitely put something in my heart where it was like you don't want to do that anymore and i'm like oh yeah this is weird <laughs> <laughs> yep it, it, so you're, you're you'll be convicted of your sin and, and you'll put it down on your well, own. Well, and, uh, you know, that's that's a I'm glad you phrased it that way, because that reminded me what we get when we're justified is we get the Holy Spirit that comes into our heart and, and what the Holy Spirit does. A lot of people are really confused as to what what he is and what the Holy Spirit is, is, is he's here to convict us of our sins. And so uh, the Holy Spirit convicted you of your sins enough to to get you to uh, repent and to turn to Jesus but he's then dwells in you and is going to convict you of the little sins that you do and you continue to do as you, uh, you know, a, as you grow in your knowledge and your faith in Jesus Christ. And so it, it, that's, that's really the, what happens is that the Holy Spirit comes into you when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior and begins to work in your life to change you. Very nice. Uh, I'm still, I still need to study up on the Holy Spirit because he's like the hardest like part of the trinity to understand yeah <laughs> d definitely for i think for basically everybody it's it's very difficult to understand what the role of the holy spirit is you know we know what the role of the father is we know what the role of the son is but uh you know jesus christ says that uh it's actually better that he left us and that we get the holy spirit than for jesus to even be here be with us here physically and so that's a there's a huge role and a huge, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is an incredibly important part of the Trinity. They're all equally important, of course, but uh, it's just something that a lot of people don't understand. And I'm not claiming to have a, a perfect understanding of, of the Holy Spirit, but, you know, it, it's something that we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> we probably yeah. should someday. But yeah, uh, and it's we get a different kind of closeness. Like I would have loved to be. Um, uh born in that you know the jesus time you know uh just to be able to actually see god in the flesh like that but the way people have put it is like you have something better like mm -hmm. you have you have god's spirit in you jesus's spirit is inside of you when you're like when you when you put your faith in jesus christ his holy spirit gets to come in and dwell in you because you now become the temple of the holy spirit and so you have a different kind of closeness with god like because he left yeah, so it, it's a lot different. Well, and, it, you know, it, it's something it's a unique and, and very special and, and it should be a much more treasured uh, a relationship that the church gets to have than even uh, ancient Judea. So uh, 
when you look at like King Saul and King David, uh, King Saul for a time had the Holy Spirit dwell within him. And, and you can, it says, basically says as much in, uh, in the, the scriptures that talk about him, but then you see the Holy Spirit leave him and go and be with King Dave, who would ultimately be King David. And, uh, it just causes him a whole lot of turmoil, King, King Saul. And, you know, we then get to see, you know, David still sins, even though he's got the Holy Spirit, but, uh, you know, he, he, he does so much good for, uh, for God because of that empowerment that he has. And, and my understanding is he was the only one in, uh, in Israel that had that, had, had that kind of access to the Holy Spirit. Uh, there might've been a few other people, maybe the prophets. I'm, I'm not quite sure on that, but it wasn't generally, uh, the Holy Spirit didn't generally dwell within the people of Israel, even, even if they were completely faithful and doing everything that God wanted them to do, that just isn't a relationship that they were uh, supposed to have at that time. But it's something that we've been given a, a very great gift in that we get the Holy Spirit to come and, and dwell within us. Yeah, I agree. All right. Are we ready to move on to the next question? Absolutely. All right. So we are now on... Um, uh, what is sin? Yeah, and so we there's a few different ways you can define it. I think the simplest way to define what is sin is it is anything that goes against God's will or is outside of God's will. So, uh, you know, I, sin could be me going and, and taking a job that God doesn't want me to have, but it could also be committing adultery or, or murder. There, there's a lot of different sin in the world. And while they all have different consequences for us here on Earth, obviously murdering someone has a lot more consequences than me stealing a pencil. But the the reality is that we we have, uh, sorry, we don't have, but God is a completely perfect and just being, and so He can't even be in the presence of the guy that stole the pencil. And so, uh, like I said, sin is anything that's outside of God's will, and what it does is it separates us from God, and. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything that you want to add to that? Uh, just that, I, from what I understand, sin breaks your fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. And so um, is there, so I hear, I hear a lot of people saying, like, uh, if you die in your sins, then you cannot be saved. But what happens, I'm actually genuinely curious, this isn't like a setup question. When you're, <laughs> when, you, when you're like, when you're a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you're falling into some sin and then you die what when what's like what happens there what's the formula there uh my understanding is that we're all gonna die having sinned five minutes before we die okay uh there is no way for a human being to be without sin and so we we are going to have done something that god wouldn't have had us do uh at all times, as far as I'm concerned. Again, they're going to be less and less consequential, but we're, nobody is living perfectly within God's will. And so that is not something that, as a Christian, you should be too concerned about. You are going to die a sinful, horrible human creature, but what's going to happen is God is going to account Jesus' righteousness to you. And so, uh, like, a lot of people think of uh, the way that the Catholics uh, believe and so they, they have a huge deal when, when you're about to die. They want a priest to come out and bless them. And that's because they believe in a place called purgatory and that they're going to need to go burn off the consequences of their sins. 
uh, in purgatory for potentially hundreds or thousands of years of suffering before they can go into heaven. There is no such thing in the in the in the Bible. There is no no scripture that talks about purgatory anywhere in in any of the sixty six books of the Bible, and so uh, we just shouldn't have that fear. If you are if you are in Christ Jesus, if you've made a profession of faith, if you are a Christian, then there is nothing for you to fear from the consequences of sin. Your sin has been accounted for by the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross two thousand years ago. And you will be accounted his righteousness before God. Yeah, he uh, um, he he bore the iniquity of us all. Mm -hmm. He all all of our shame and guilt and sin was laid on Jesus Christ, and then um, uh, consequentially, his his righteousness was attributed to us. So I, the way I've heard it put is, in the sight of the Father, you look. Uh, righteous you look spotless you look sinless because of what jesus has done on the cross which exactly. is again a, a very beautiful thing and that's what substitutionary atonement is we committed the crime and then when we showed up to the judge the judge said it uh your, your debt has been paid um it is finished my, my son died on the cross for your sins you're good to go he paid mm -hmm. for it and so that's uh that's why, again, man, that just makes me feel so good. Yep. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, again, if, you, if you're in need of forgiveness and you want to get right with God, the one way to do it is just to believe in the one whom he sent. That's the only work that the Father wants us to do is just to believe in the one he sent yep. because he's done it all. He became a human being and got absolutely wrecked on that day. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Passion of the Christ, but, man, that movie is mm -hmm. hard to watch. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh man, tied to a post and getting beat up with a cat of nine tails, which is like shards of metal on leather strips, just being whipped and having his back just shredded open, like mm -hmm. crown of thorns being shoved into his scalp, getting a bag put over his head and just getting punched, having his beard ripped out from his face, getting spat on in his face, nailed to a cross. I mean, he absolutely, and he did nothing. He didn't yep. do anything, but he received the punishment that we should have received. And mm -hmm. so it's it, it's it's so beautiful to think that God would put on human form and and go and die that die that death for us, and He did it on purpose. So yeah. He was like, I I need to go do this for them, and then um, yeah, and so we get to we get to bask in His forgiveness and in His glory because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So again, if you want to get right with God and you you want all your everything you've ever done to be forgiven by faith, um that's what you should do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. Yep. Pray, pray to him, repent to your sins. And, and that's all it takes. It's not some, there is no magical formula. There's no incantation. There there's, it's literally just as simple as turning away from your, your old life of sin and, and evil and turning towards God and, and repenting of all of that. That's, that's what it takes. And, you know, like I was saying there, the, different sins every sin has the same eternal consequence of separating us from god but uh you know different sins if you were to die in uh, in your, with the consequences of your sins still applied to you there are different um there are different consequences it talks about how there's a greater condemnation for people uh in hell jesus says that there's a greater condemnation for certain people uh for preachers that preach false uh the fa a false gospel there's a greater condemnation and so the consequences of your sins are have varying levels and degrees here on earth and in hell but ultimately 
they can all be uh they can all be paid for by Jesus Christ. Yeah, what was it that uh, if you cause one of the least of these to stumble, it's better that a millstone be t- tied around mm-hmm. your neck and thrown into the sea. So it's like when there's people that genuinely want to get right with God, genuinely are seeking God, and they go to a church and some pastor is just spewing lies or spewing some kind of works salvation or something mm-hmm. like that, then it God says it would be better for them to either not have been born at all or for a millstone, like a, a like a two-ton stone to be uh, tied around their neck and be cast into the sea. Like He is very upset with the people that would um stumble or cause like uh, people who are genuinely looking for him to sin in that way or just teach him a false uh, like false gospel like brian said yeah um yeah i think you're conflating a couple verses there so i i you know probably am (laughs) which is which is okay in the sense that you're generally in the right direction but the the what the millstone consequence is literally for for harming children like god loves children okay and so that's what he was saying is is you harm any of these little ones it's better for you to have been thrown out into the sea with the millstone so i what i all i'm trying to say is there every sin's evil and horrible but there are different levels of them and different consequences to to different sins and so uh, preaching a false gospel has its own consequences that that are probably outlined, potentially outlined specifically. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah. So really, G- God and Jesus hate when you when you do anything to children. Like He has a very special place for them. Like uh, Jesus would constantly be like, "Yeah, have the children come to me." The 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 disciples were like, "No, get the get everybody away from Jesus. He's he's done for the day. He's closed up shop." And then Jesus is like, "No, let that little kid come in." And, and be near me because he just loves them. And, and you know, you, you, you know, when you're around children, you can kind of see they're, they're so uh, they can do a lot of a lot of evil things. You know, children learn to lie and, and kind of steal things very early. But you can also see that they you know, when they are, uh, you know, in Sunday school and they learn about God, they have such a, a, a wonderful heart for him, uh, you know, because they're so innocent and so pure. But uh, yeah, so. Again, to kind of wrap it all up, uh, sin is anything that's outside of God's will, and we need to be working every single day to do what we can to be inside of God's will, and and the best way we can do that is to read our Bibles. That's what God's commanded us to do, and, uh, you know, another good thing would be to go to church, be with other Christians who can uh, correct you and, and can minister to you in that way, where they tell you, hey man, what you're doing here, that's kind of messed up, you really shouldn't be doing that, like... That's the reason why we're supposed to be going to church and we're supposed to fellowship with other believers. Uh, yeah, and some people might put their backs up to that and be like, oh, this guy's a hypocrite. He's a sinner too. And it's like, it's not even about that. Mm-hmm. Like people care, people care about you and your walk with God. So they want to be like, hey, dude, just so you can be doing better. You know, I, I see this and I, I think, you know, they, they're, they're, they're pointing it out because they care about you. And um, if they didn't, then they, I guess they would care less or not love you as much but (laughs) you know exactly and so again the church is made up of sinners there is no perfect church there is no perfect group of people that aren't going to have any problems and you're not going to have any quarrels with like you're going to have issues you're going to have uh contentions with other people at the church that you go to even if it's the best church in the world we just need to understand that that we need to have a lot of humility ourselves and 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 
you know, put ourselves last in a lot of those situations. So that's the, uh, yeah. Alrighty. Let's move on to our next question. I think this will be the last one. Yeah. What does baptism mean? That's perfect. Uh, so what, uh, what me and Austin believe about baptism is that it is a, uh, an external sign of us joining the community of the faithful. So there are other traditions, especially uh, the Catholic tradition that say that it actually plays a, a role in your salvation and that you're not, uh, in a sense, you're not fully saved without being baptized. Uh, that's not what Austin and I believe. We believe that you can be fully and completely saved, uh, just by a proclamation of your faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, with the term baptism, uh, the, so like I said earlier, when we were talking about salvation and how there's three parts to salvation, there's sanctification, justification, and glorification. When uh, when we think about baptism, there's really two different baptisms that are mentioned in the Bible. And so there's the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit by fire, and there's baptism uh, by dunking in water here on earth. And so the dunking in water here on earth is a symbol of of the baptism that happens in heaven the minute that a a sinner repents and turns to Jesus Christ. And so every single Christian has been baptized by the Holy Spirit and fire when they accept Jesus. Not every Christian will ultimately be dunked or sprinkled with water, uh, but that's not necessary. Dunking, it's a command that we're supposed to go do. Uh, We should want to be water baptized if we are a Christian, but it's not something that you need to immediately go do in order to be saved and go to heaven. Yeah, I would agree with that. And kind of like too, like um, when you're like going under the water and coming back up, it's kind of like your old self died and then mm-hmm. you're being born again. It's kind of just like a cool little like way to look at it is like um, Jesus died and was and was risen to life. And so it's kind of like when you go under the water, that's your old self. And when you come out of the water, you're like your that's your new self almost. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you're still going to sin. You're still going to have problems and it's going to bother you. But, uh, um, one, one way we can also, um, see an example in the Bible of somebody who was saved that did not need or not did not need, we all need to be baptized, not as a necessity, but we should, we ought to, we should all get baptized as a Christian. If you have the opportunity, you should want to be baptized. That that's how I would put it. Yeah. And so one example that we see of somebody who was saved that did not get baptized was the thief on the cross, simply because he didn't have the opportunity to. He was nailed to a cross. But when he recognized that Jesus was the Messiah and he was his Lord on the cross, he asked, hey, you know, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly or surely, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So he confirmed him that you know, I am, I am the Lord and you're going to be, you're saved. And so he didn't, uh, the thief on the cross, uh, the way we would, the way we would read the Bible is if there is examples in the cross that or sorry, if there's examples in the Bible of something happening, that's kind of how it works across the board. There's not like um, a special uh, salvation for the thief on the cross. Like mm-hmm. um, just, I guess the way you would read the Bible or her- hermeneutics is just when you see examples in the Bible, that's God's like way he does things. So it, it can be applied to you. We can learn from um, different scripture that we see and different examples that we see. But yeah, the thief on the cross is a good example of somebody who did not get baptized, but is in fact saved. Exactly. So I wonder how Catholics reconcile that. 
Uh, I've never gotten a good answer because ultimately what, what the Catholics should believe is that he, he would need to go to purgatory. Uh, I would imagine that what their answer could be would be that Jesus had the power, like, like a priest. So what they, what they believe is that a priest needs to come and give you your last rites in order for you to escape purgatory. And I, I would imagine they would say that Jesus did the equivalent of giving the man his last rites at some point. Oh, but I see. It, it, it's it's still completely nonsense because if that was such an important concept, if that was what everyone needed to have done to them before they die, it would be explicitly mentioned in the Bible somewhere. Okay, like if baptism was necessary, there would have been a line in uh, in that scene in one of the Gospels where Jesus like turns his head and spits on him or something, you know, to count as a baptism. If that was necessary, <laughs> but the the reality is that none of that happened. And ultimately, based solely on his profession of faith in Jesus and who Jesus was, Jesus told the man that he would be with him in paradise that day. And so that's all that's required of us. Now, again, as part of our Christian walk, there are things that we should be doing. And if we go long enough without doing them, we would be in sin. But again, our sin isn't what, isn't what condemns us to hell. It's Jesus' righteousness that gets applied to us that gets us into heaven. And so it's just a, it's a completely wrong way to think about salvation. What I do can't keep me from heaven. What Jesus has done gets me into heaven. Yeah, so ultimately it comes down to a rejection or an unbelief in Jesus Christ that would prevent you from getting into heaven, in my, in my belief. And, and so refusing to get baptized could be a symbol of that, that, re that rejection of what Jesus has done. Uh, like if someone was adamant, I will never get baptized. I can't be baptized. It's, you know, whatever, for whatever the reason is, that could be a sign that they haven't fully committed to Jesus Christ and given over their sins to him. That that would be, that's potentially possible, but I wouldn't even say that 100% of the time. Yeah, only only God knows for sure. Um, exactly. We, and We can't know who's born again and, and who's actually saved because there, there's going to be people that say it but don't believe it and, and mm -hmm. different things. Yep. But um, all right. So I think we've got, unless you have anything else to say, I think we've got time to, we're going to go ahead and watch some of your clips and then we'll, ca we'll call it a wrap. Okay. Um, Ryan's got some really cool content over at AIIW, which is as it is written on YouTube. He makes some pretty cool Christian content over there. So if you like what you see here, definitely check out as it is written. And um, we've got some shorts that we're going to go ahead and watch with you guys. Give me one second here. I need to. Okay, there we go. Okay. Cool. Uh there we go. All right. All righty. Let's get this going. All right. So and here we go. But if you're a Christian, you should care what happens to Christians globally. Who would have guessed caring about Christians would be controversial? You gotta hear what Tucker has to say next. The end is wild. I went to Iraq in December of 2003, 20 years ago this month, and I watched the whole place fall apart, and I won't bore you with the details, but I realized that everything I'd advocated for was a complete lie, that this was a disaster that could only hurt my country, which is the only country I really care about. By the way, it eliminated the entire Christian population of Iraq, which I guess we're not allowed to say. But if you're a Christian, you should care what happens to Christians globally, and I must say they do bear the brunt of almost all of our foreign policy. Yep. 
and no one says that it's happening now happened in Syria and it's like shut up you're not allowed to notice that why I'm a Christian and I care about other Christians why wouldn't I they do wind up bearing the disproportionate harm in our foreign policy and you have to ask yourself why is that honestly what I don't know the answer but it's super evil I, I feel like a large component and I think you were saying this earlier if not the component of what the culture war is is the destruction of Christianity of course you gotta All check right. I'm gonna pause that is it yeah. paused for you yep okay. yep you're good so I'm not understanding what was going on in that conversation help me you, out there yeah so uh what what Tucker was talking about is is that in a in all over the world Christians are the most persecuted group of people on the planet uh, you go to China they're persecuted you go to India they're persecuted you go to Africa there's a lot a lot of places they're persecuted uh, especially the Middle East uh in Europe uh a little bit more um and so what what Tucker is saying is that you 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 know in this in this country in the United States which you know supposedly was founded on a lot of really good Christian ideals in this country we don't talk about how our foreign policy decisions impact Christians around the world and you know when we went into Iraq in 2003 that was a horribly evil war there was no justification for it and what it ultimately did is it gave the uh the population that lives there the ability to either cause the Christians that were there to flee or to literally kill them off. I'm not exactly sure what he's saying there specifically, but ultimately there were Christians that were in Iraq before 2003, and now there's basically none. And, you know, as a Christian, we should care about what's happening to our brothers and sisters around the world. So what is the... So I, so how does the foreign policy, you might have already just answered this and it went over my head, but how does the foreign policy we make here affect Christians over there? Oh, well, our foreign policy in 2003 was to go invade Iraq. And then, you know, when we were nation building there, when we, we, we took Saddam, the dictator Saddam Hussein out of power and put in a democratically elected government, uh, that democratically elected government allowed for christians to be harmed and abused and ultimately either to flee the country or to be killed and so our government either covered that up because i didn't know about that until tucker said it but our government either covered it up because it would be a huge uh black eye for our you know for the president to have allowed christians to be murdered and killed by the this democratically elected iraqi government that just doesn't look good and so you know we kind of turned our backs on them is what he was saying at least and and globally like we could be putting a lot more pressure on china to um to not be persecuting the christians more you know we shouldn't be dealing with china at all for a lot of reasons but that should be one of the biggest their treatment of christians and and people that are you know are just trying to uh, uh follow jesus dude i'm not like an advocate for um islam or anything like that but the muslims the uyghur muslims in china mm -hmm. were basically being wiped off the planet yeah and like well and and and, and I, i'm not an advocate for their religion but I, I i love them as people and they shouldn't be genocided and murdered that's that's horribly evil and wrong for anybody to do to anybody else regardless of what yeah. your faith is of course and, you know, our foreign policy allows for those things to happen. We we send hundreds of billions of dollars to China to buy their products every single year because our government allows us to. And in a lot of ways, uh, prefers that we do. And, and before Trump, we had uh, we had free trade agreements and they were able to send their stuff over with very few tariffs. And 
you know, we just would allow them to do these horribly, you know, unspeakable acts against people that a lot of people in this country care about, you know? Imagine the ball they would play if we sanctioned them for the way they treat their citizens and stuff like that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th that that's what he was saying. And then <clears throat> ultimately what uh, – so at the end, Tim Pool, what he was saying is that uh, the the – the goal of, of the evil forces forces in this world is to destroy Christianity, and he's not even a Christian. <laughs> so it's but he's it's, seeing it. That's, but that's he, crazy. Mm -hmm. But even he's seeing it, and, and it's much different than what happens to Muslims. Because you look at Muslims worldwide, uh, even the most secular, uh, non-religious people in the world want to support Muslims going to every country that they can possibly get to. You know, I, I think I. I think a lot of it is because we 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 understand a lot of what Christianity like like uh, America in general knows a lot about Christianity. I would say, and so they're like, "Oh, this thing I love doing." Christians say not to do that. I don't like Christians, but Muslims are really quiet about their religion. And so I think if people knew what was in their religion, they would might feel a little bit differently. But also, it could have something to do with the fact that. I believe that there's only one true religion, and that's mm -hmm. for the God and, and the Bible and everything else as a construct of Satan. And so it might just be that their kingdom isn't divided. Do you know what I mean? So Exactly. It, it, and what I mean by that is devil's not going to persecute his own people. And so um, you, you see this crazy persecution of the Christian church, but like literally nothing else. And so it's like uh, the, the, the religion of Islam has a lot of wild things in there. Like as a Christian, we're supposed to forgive our enemies and pray for those who persecute us and turn the other cheek. And and in Islam, they, they want to they would want to institute like Sharia law, which has to do with like like imagine the Old Testament where if a woman caught in the act of adultery was to be publicly stoned to death. That's what Sharia law is today. Like today, they mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's pretty crazy. They would they would publicly murder people today if if basically they were to commit certain crimes of their religion. And yep. so Christianity is not that anymore because of what, 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 G, what Jesus coming has, you know, for, given forgiveness to everybody who has sinned. And um, well, it, everybody that crazy. has faith. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has faith. And so, but, but even the new, like the new Testament and like is not advocating for the murder of people who commit sins anymore. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that was like something yeah. that was going on in the old Testament. So it's, I don't know. I, th I think it's just kind of, kind of, kind of wild that uh, either they're not looking into it, or they turn a blind eye, or they don't care. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> not yeah, sure what's going on there? Well, and it, it, it's it's interesting to see, you know, people. Tim Pool claims he he believes in God, but he doesn't believe in in Jesus Christ and the the work that he did on the cross. But it's just it's really interesting to see him noticing that christians are being persecuted and that uh, government in the united states that should be you know i mean biden's a catholic supposedly and you know we just don't care about this the horrible things that are being done to our, our brothers and sisters in christ around the globe it's just it's crazy so yeah all right we've got time for one more let's go ahead and watch this really quick awesome this out i think the best thing a man can do is wake up and say what can i do that's going to make me proud of myself and other people are proud of me let's get into our debate let's do it okay i believe that pride is always be the downfall of you. in fact it, god calls it an abomination if you stand before god and you search for anything in your heart and you take pride in it you're saying that you did it not god 
That is my argument against that one. Two, happiness could be today. It's all perspective. Yeah. If you look at a tree, you can look at it and be like, oh, me and my dad used to pick apples from that tree or his father hung himself in that tree. Yeah. It's the perspective. So anything could be changed in a perspective. So if you ask from God's perspective, and you, God used to walk into the room and say, shalom, peace yeah. be upon you. Yeah. So I believe you could enter peace. I believe that you could only find peace when you welcome God into your life. Now, I might sound like a crazy nutcase that's a religious man, yeah. but I truly believe in all of my heart that money will never give you peace. Yep. I believe love will give you peace. Love comes from God. Man, Andrew looked really uncomfortable <laughs> affirming <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yep. And for those of you who might not know, uh, the first person to talk, his name's Andrew Tate. Uh, he is now a Muslim. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of problems. I don't really support him and, and much of what he has to say. Uh, but... It's interesting. Uh, the other man here is his name's George Jenko, and he uh, he used to, he got famous being on Logan Paul's podcast, and he took a ton of flack for his faith from Logan Paul and from a lot of different people. Ultimately, they've they've now separated. He's got his own podcast, which I'd recommend you go check out. It's pretty interesting, though a little bit crude, just for everybody to know. Um, Who um... George George Jenko's? Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, so he, he's a, he's a, a Christian man and, and trying to do his best to, to follow what God has for his life. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd check out his podcast, but uh, what he has to say about pride is, is really true. We, we shouldn't be taking pride in what we do. Uh, pride was the downfall of Satan and, and what's caused a lot of the, probably all the evil in the world. And so ultimately when we value ourselves higher than God, when we have pride in ourselves, that's a, that's a very big issue. Now we should have, we, we should uh, take a lot of joy in, in doing good work and in doing, you know, doing things well. And, and we should, we should, you know, congratulate each other for successes and, and be with other people in our, in our failures, but uh, we shouldn't be taking pride in them. I think that's, that's where it tips over from proper to improper, where you should take joy in completing a project or winning a race or anything like that. But Ultimately, we need to remember that we couldn't have even run that race if God didn't create physics in such a way that we could walk, right? And so, ultimately, we need to give all of our glory, all of the glory to God. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, if um, if you if you take pride in what you do, you're gonna have your ego is gonna inflate, and you're gonna start to start to just act different and be different. But if, if every time you have an accomplishment, you're like, man, God did that for me. All glory be to him. Thank mm -hmm. you, Lord. Like you're, you're going to protect your heart and you're going to actually be a more humble person. And what's really crazy about that is God has set himself up to be the embodiment of all of this so that when you give it to him, you don't hurt yourself, which I, which I think is just incredibly intelligent in the way that he designed uh, all of this stuff to work. So like, uh, it, again, you, you put, you, you give it to God, um, then it protects you and you do it for God and it protects you. You do it for yourself and you end up just being egotistical and, and prideful. And like, I don't know, people, I don't know, it just doesn't feel good when you see somebody's like, yeah, I did this. I accomplished this. Mm -hmm. bur, 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 bur. But yep. when you're like, man, God has really blessed me. Like, I, I am so glad that he's helped me out with this and the stuff like that. You, you can just tell, like, you're just giving it to somebody else. It just makes you a more humble person. It's crazy. Exactly. Yep. Well, all right. I think we've reached our time. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we could have this faithful dialogue today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, my name is Ryan. You can find all of my other videos over at 
AIIW.org. Um, <laughs> let me get this set back up here. Just go ahead and leave the. IP. There we go. Okay, cool. Uh, and so, um, yeah, my name is Ryan. You can find all my stuff over at AIW.org or over on YouTube at As It Is Written. And I'm really glad you could join us today, uh, Austin. All right, my name is Austin. Um, I co-founded Apostles Attic with my wife, and it's a Christ-centered clothing line. It's a down at the moment, but uh, due to some financial constraints, just being totally open and honest about that. But you can also catch me here on Faithful Dialogues, or you can find my um, personal channel at MHTY Official. And um, yeah, I'm trying to make some video game and uh, Christian content over there. And so, uh, yeah, I thought this was a great episode. And yeah. uh, I'm glad to be able to do this every week with my, my buddy Ryan. I just want to throw it out there one last time. Um, everything that you've ever done can be forgiven by faith, uh, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So um, God, will, God will be merciful and gracious to you if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and everything you've ever done will be forgiven and you'll be right with God and you'll go to heaven. Amen. And uh, if you already are a Christian, you're a priest, and you should go out into your community and, and make more dis- make more uh, Christians. That's that's our job. All right, everybody. Absolutely. Have a wonderful week. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. Bye. Aww. Bye-bye.